Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film News Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. Uh, I'm Willie. Today we're going to talk about some film news. We're going to play a little game, Musies, mm, Musies, <laughs> Willie's Music Musies? Musies? Musies. 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 Man Factus. <laughs> and, uh, and then finally we're going to do a review of Fetty Alvarez's <laughs> Don't Breathe. But before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNews.com is where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Find us on Facebook, Vine, all that good stuff. MidwestFilmNerds.com has all previous 193-plus bonus episodes with full show notes, so you can skip over the spoilatory and other things that you don't want to hear. And there's also a support store on there where you can buy Midwest Film and Game Nerds apparel as well as donate to the network if you so please. We would appreciate it very much. And, uh, yeah, there was a new Game Nerds out this uh, past Monday. We talked about Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, and a bunch of other news that's going on, so go check that out. And, um... Yeah, I think that's all for the housekeeping. 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 Uh, <laughs> so. We still have a Vine page? We still have a Vine page. <laughs> there hasn't, I don't think we've posted one since, um, since Willie, the and I, one? Willie and I did the prisoners. Uh, we, we recreated <laughs> prisoners press photos. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It's been fun. a while. It's too bad there's not this whole secret Vine channel that we've been working. <laughs> like the Matthew McConaughey YouTube channel. <laughs> did you guys hear about this? Yeah. I, I saw I saw the article. I didn't actually read it. Oh, it's or so watch good. The YouTube page. Yeah. Yeah. He like had this secret YouTube channel with all these videos, and nobody hardly. I think he just didn't know how to get it out there. He didn't care to. He doesn't need. He doesn't somebody, need. Well, that. yeah. Eventually, the internet found it. So yeah, it worked great. out okay. He doesn't care. All right. Well, film news. Something that Nick really wanted to talk about last week, and I think is an entertaining topic. Uh, the Ben Hur remake. Yeah. Budget of a hundred million dollars. Flopped on opening weekend with $11.4 million. This is the film that stars Jack Houston. Star, star Jack Houston. And uh, I think Morgan Freeman is the other bigger name that is associated with it. Uh, there's a news article here on Yahoo Finance that has a pretty good uh, quote in it. Uh <laughs> This guy, Paramount Paramount Vice Chairman Rob Moore, noted that Ben-Hur is the latest in a string of remakes and sequels such as Independence Day Resurgence and Ghostbusters to have failed to draw crowds. It goes to a general trend, he said. Audiences are saying remakes or sequels have got to be great or original if you want us to show up. I don't know how you make an original remake or sequel. I think he... M- I know what he meant, but still, <laughs> I don't know, poor pretty, choice of words. Yeah, it, it could is. be an original vision of that Yeah, story. it could be, it could feel fresh. Well, I think fresh would have been a... I mean, that's kind of what Ghostbusters was, though. Yeah. And if that's among the examples that didn't really draw yeah, but as all, many people as all they the, wanted. All it. the complaints on that one was that it wasn't original or fresh enough. I really? Think. A lot of people said that. Hmm. But... Yeah, I th- that was kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing, mm-hmm. I right. think. But anyway, we're talking about Ben-Hur. <laughs> Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur. So what I heard is that this... Ma- the, the what you heard? heard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! 
<laughs> the angle on this one was that it is more, uh, it is uh, much like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory situation. Uh, it is the closer to the original source material, Ben-Hur, A Tale of the Christ book written by Lou Wallace. That was the basis of the original Charlton Heston film. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get closer to the book. Cool. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that book, I think, was released in like 1880. I was going to say. Yeah. Let, let's look it up. Can Methuselah. <laughs> Nobody is. I don't think you're going to upset that. Here, here's the thing about Ben-Hur in terms of it being a book. I didn't even know Ben-Hur was a book. And it calls to mind. And we're not. We're not. We are, we are not four stupid guys who don't read books. We are not three stupid guys who don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the joke in Airheads when they say they want 50 copies of Moby Dick. Or they say the book or the movie. And he says, they made a book out of that? <laughs> like, they have no idea. But Ben-Hur, I don't think it's one of those things. Like, it's so... The the movie, the Charlton Heston movie, is so ingrained in, in popular culture. Like, we know that Ben-Hur is this movie and it came out of that era when they were making these big epics. And... It didn't really, you know, the idea that it's a, or the fact that it's a book doesn't really, I think, come up that often. This is apparently okay. So the the move the book did come out November twelfth, eighteen eighty. Eighteen eighty. Good poll. And then they. <laughs> I, think I, saw it. I think I saw it while I was googling better. They apparently made a film adaptation in nineteen twenty five. Okay. And then they Yeah, the Heston <laughs> the Heston was, was a remake. So maybe that maybe we taught them poorly. Our ancestors in nineteen twenty five taught them taught them poorly. Well, the thing is in, in nineteen twenty five I'm guessing it was a silent movie. So so yeah, the remake was like a talkie, but like what do you do with Ben Hur now? Can't make it talkie. Yeah, talkie. CG, baby. Yeah. What's that? It's all about that CG. CG three D. You make it three D. You make it talkier. <laughs> 4D plus. It more was two. And, it's two and a half hours long. D box. Right? Uh, let's take a look. Seriously? How how long is the first one? Oh my gosh, we're just <laughs> googling better. I think the, honestly. Okay, so the very first one. Yeah. How long is the book? Yeah. <laughs> In 1925, this one was 100, 143 minutes long. Whoa, that so. just seems long for. For a movie for 1925. 1925. Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 Okay. Guessing some mind. of that. So I'm I'm on the Ben Hur disambiguation here. Okay. okay. So Ben Hur, there was a play that do- debuted on Broadway, 1899. Then we had a one real silent film adaptation in 1907. So excuse me, that wasn't even the first adaptation. <laughs> then the 1925 MGM silent film, and then 1959 is the Charlton Heston night, uh, uh, sound film adaptation. Okay. There was an animated direct-to-video film adaptation featuring the voice of Charlton Heston in 2003. That's not then there was a miniseries in 2010 and then 2016 Ben-Hur. All right, so let's collect some run times here. 1959, <laughs> we're at 212 minutes. Okay. And then 2016, we are at 123 minutes. So it's a terse. It's a oh, very... Oh, it's only... D- okay. Yeah. 212 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. I knew it was long. Wow. Yeah. I thought Ben-Hur was a Nelly song. <laughs> <laughs> Did we make a Ben Hurd done that joke on here yet? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. <laughs> it's still coming, I'm sure. Okay. I think the problem is, I mean, like, I didn't know this movie was a like a thing. You know it. That yeah. existed. And then I saw like a commercial somewhere and I went, oh. Well, and as I said last week, any poster that I've seen has just had Morgan Freeman on it. And it's like Morgan Freeman is not playing Ben Hur. I didn't even movie. know he was in it. That I would be an original remake. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was That'd be a little more different here. Let's see who else is in this movie. Jack Houston, Toby Kebbell, right? Mm-hmm. Rodrigo Santoro, Toby Kebbell, 
Aylet Zur. I know that name. She's Toby from Kevel Daredevil. Is she's in, uh, uh, she's the new, Kingpin's. The new Apes movie. Okay. Please. Charlton Heston connection. Yeah, yeah there you go. go. And then yeah, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I tried it. He's very know. good at uh, <laughs> who like who did a poll and was like, we want to see Ben Hur. I would assume the studio. Yeah, but who like who did they who poll? at the studio or was someone that doesn't have a job? Well, it sounds it sounds like it's like it's one of those properties they just dust off every couple of decades right. ago. It's time yeah. to remake Ben Hur again. <laughs> <laughs> every. 50, every 50 years, they, <laughs> See, make, here, they make four different versions of it. And then they. The thing about Ben Hur, I, I think, is there's just. There's zero. Who's there's, seen the original Ben Hur? Ze- yeah, I have. I never have. I haven't either. I've seen the, the chariot really sequence, which is like the key, the key bit yeah. in terms of like that's what people always talk about. But there's zero. There's no, no demand for this mm. product no. at all. Zero. None. You have. It looks cheap. It looks, it looks bad. It looks like a bad. Early two thousands movie, it's starring a nobody, an <laughs> utter nobody. Jack Houston is on that list of people who I look at their face and I just cringe a little, and I'm like, ugh, like this is not someone I ever want to see act again. Yeah. He's there with like Kellen Lutz and those those. <laughs> Willie's got a whole list of those guys. Oh, Kellen Lutz, <laughs> so thank you so much. And I, <laughs> no problem. Well, that that's one I took from Willie because Willie doesn't like. Oh, out. he's the dude from Boardwalk. He uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, thing. Yeah, he's sweet in Boardwalk. That's the one thing. Yeah. He's he's passable in uh, American Hustle. Yeah, because he's barely in it. Yeah, he's. Got as soon as I see him, I just it. was like, "Oh my god, he's an Outlander!" Like the the the, the Jim Caviezel film. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. Good to know. Good. Good job. <laughs> good connection. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know if you meant the Jim Caviezel film or the Stars series that All my, the time. my mom is addicted to. But, <laughs> but I'm not even sure that putting a star in this movie, like a real like bankable star would actually pique anybody's I don't interest. know if the rock would have made Ben Hur <sighs> the rock's different though <laughs> that's a that's a cheat code <laughs> fair enough but it, so I mean I don't know I, it just it well should, you, you want to hear something also funny yes this <laughs> there was like the day of they put out a press release that was like hey there's a new Ben Hur experience coming to the Xbox One and it's a chariot <laughs> racing game with three tracks. Uh-huh. Was it like free or something? It was free. And, and it came out it? like the week before the movie. Did you play it? No. Oh, my gosh. I would play a Ben Hur. I heard game. about it. Yeah. But that sounds pretty sweet. It, it, I don't know. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> have, they, have they made any chariot racing games like that? I mean, I'm sure there's been something in like God of War and a few Why didn't other. they ever make a gladiator game when that, like, that movie was hot? Like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that would have be been a sweet game. Yeah. Like came out like between generations, kind of right. Yeah, I dug that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Ben yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody has seen it and is listening. Please, yeah. This is like when I when Maleficent made all that money, and I'm like, I have not met anybody <laughs> who's seen this movie. <laughs> then someone wrote in there like, I saw it was right. I do have a cousin <laughs> that has seen Maleficent, and she yeah. really wanted me to see it because she thought it was pretty good. Okay, I, I liked it, but. I've heard yeah. it's. I've heard it's. Solid. Yeah, I thought it was quite yeah. nice. So well, we don't have that problem though, because Ben Hur didn't make all that money. So <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, there will so be no confusion. No, nobody did. See Do you remember Zizek Road? Do you remember Zizek Road? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. I made like fifteen. dollars. Yeah. Tra- yeah, Zizek's Road was Tom Sizemore and Katherine Heigl, right? Katherine yeah. Heigl. It was a movie that was released in. Was it just one theater? <laughs> yes. I think they released it in one theater for some sort of rights or legal thing. Like two guys went and saw it. And yeah, they traced it back and they found out they made like fifteen. It's a, it's actually like one of one of, <laughs> if not the lowest grossing movie of all time because it made fifteen bucks. Wow, this is real. 
That's wonderful. I don't think it was just one theater though. I think it came out Maybe. in a region. I think it was like I think it was like a <laughs> yeah, southwestern yeah. Texas you might be right. only release Maybe. and fifteen bucks or something like that. Yeah, it was like fifteen dollars. It was really, really it's really awesome. Mm. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well <clears throat> it just yeah, with this I really wanted to talk about just to talk about this because it's fascinating that it even exists. Like yeah. I saw a trailer for that and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't always have my finger on the pulse of what the public is gonna want to see but i saw that and i was like no i just remember hearing news about it but because didn't wasn't the wasn't the casting of this film a revolving door for like a decade that sounds right and what a weird time to release it too because i mean it is like it's a it's a christian based yeah movie, right you tend to like noah and like anything recently whoops uh i'm just knocking stuff over that's fine there. it doesn't matter um, but you release that around easter or christmas <laughs> Yeah. Right. You Typically. don't. You don't just dump it in August. No. Yeah. The devil's months, as they call it. Yeah. Apparently they thought. <laughs> apparently they thought it could stand up against this tightness summer yeah. that we've been having. I think my big thing, honestly, but my big thing is like you spend a hundred million dollars on a movie, which is a, a chunk of change, and you spend like nothing on <laughs> yeah. promotion. Yeah. Like you guys got to spend a little money to promote the thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, re- let's Willie, just pretend. they made an Xbox One game. Yeah. So they released the day before. <laughs> <laughs> they released it a week after the movie to came To kids out. who aren't going to leave the house to go see it. That's the thing is like. <laughs> got to look the kids on Ben-Hur. <laughs> the Ben-Hur message boards were hot. It's so weird to me. Like, I mean, let's just pretend for a second that this was, was like a property that made sense. Like, okay, we're going to remake this movie and it makes yeah. sense. Like, people are all about them period pieces right now. Them, those big epics again. So you make a Ben Hur movie, but like you need to like. And you don't tell anybody. You need to let people know it's yeah. a thing that's like exists. I had no idea. I was like, "What? They're remaking Ben Hur? Wait, they remade Ben Hur? It's out tomorrow? Okay, all right, sweet." I don't know. And then honestly, I think a star wouldn't have hurt. I mean, I don't think it would have helped because I don't want to go see Ben Hur. Squeezed a couple like couple more million out of it. Might have, they might have made made a little bit more. I just my thought. Like screw it. They're like Tom Cruise in there. You know, why not? Who cares? Oh, Tim pulled up some yeah, Ben Hur so gameplay. It's, it's called Crazy Gameplay Ben Hur. <laughs> that looks pretty good. Actually, I kind of want to play this. Yeah, I, I can't speak to the quality. Of it. I, I heard somebody. There's a little it. picture of uh, Jack Houston up in the corner. Losing, <laughs> losing health rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever's playing this. Career, career notoriety. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah, the chariot is just bleeding money out of the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well. I think that's enough about Ben Hur. Yeah, I think that yeah, yeah. I think there's so much to be. I I want to re- I want someone to write like a five page something about this. Why this failure is so like, I f- it just stands out to me so much for some reason because like th- this seems like a no brainer. Like this movie is don't greenlight this. Uh, yeah, I, unless I, you're trying to hold on. Unless the rights to Ben Hur revert every fifty years, it would be at this it. point the stat like when the statute of limitations or whatever be gone on that. Like I don't know the it said... rights reversion. Oh, uh, it is in public domain. Yeah, yeah. But so they acquired a script, which was an adaptation in 2013. So MGM we could go make did. a Ben Hur movie. Yes, and maybe make more than 11.4 million dollars. <laughs> we might potentially. Pro- it's a poor choice, <laughs> as we've already discussed. Yeah, but we don't have a hundred billion. But if we, if so we, we're not if we could put a hundred grand behind the marketing, then maybe we'd have more <laughs> than they did. I, if we did, if we did some sort of like weird challenge thing where it was like we're gonna make a Ben Hur movie. On a shoestring budget and somehow still beat those guys, <laughs> that'd be fun actually. Like, I, uh, to make like a shitty backyard version of Ben Hur, like <laughs> I met Jared or, Leto that or, one time. Or <laughs> I can get him in there. Or yeah, there you go. And you told him you love his movies. Yep. <laughs> what if What if we adapted Ben Hur for 2016? 
Oh, you make it that like street racing. Sure. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> now, now we got Tim. <laughs> Tim can star as Ben Hur. <laughs> oh, and then you can have a Nelly song in the soundtrack <laughs> called Ben Hur. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Where are we getting the money for Nelly? Just I just want to look Kickstarter. That's where all the kids get their money. <laughs> yeah. So true. casting wise, Tom Hiddleston was originally considered for the role. That it would have made more money. That would have made more that money. It would have made more money. That would have been more interesting too. too yes. Yeah. As well. Also, I might have actually been like, oh, okay. Like, I think this street Gal Gadot. Race. Gal Gadot was also going to be in it as well, but she pulled out because I, of I think all these people smelled BBS. smelled mm. bomb. <laughs> yeah. Bomb. Smell yeah, bomb. I think bomb so sniffing. Too. Bomb sniffing. Bomb actors. Smell. Anyway. I think the I think the 2017 adaptation of Ben Hur could be uh, could, <laughs> could be really be good. Hit, yeah, the first I'm, Midwest. I'm telling you, we can production. shoot it right now. Like right <laughs> now, watch out, Netflix. <laughs> We're making movies now too. Oh boy! <laughs> See, you know what? You know what's a perfect example of that. Not to draw this out too much longer, but um, the trailer for the trailer for King Arthur. Oh. I think is awesome. Do you? <laughs> I think it's so awesome. Well, uh, yeah, uh, who's in that? Uh, oh, Charlie uh, Hunnam. Tim's Charlie Hunnam. Favorite. Charlie Hunnam. And, um, Tim Darling. Jimin Hansu. Jude and, Law uh, looks like Jude a wizard. Law. Jude Law is Merlin. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I just, I don't know. I really like Guy Ritchie. And even though Guy Ritchie has made movies I don't like, I still am always yeah. looking forward to what he's going to do next. And, right. And it's such, a, it's such a bizarre mashup. Like, Guy Ritchie's style in King Arthur makes no sense on paper. But for some reason, when I saw it, I was like, you know what? I kind of buy into it. I'm, I'm more interested in that than I would be in just a straight up. A new King, new Ar- King, King Arthur. Ar- yeah, yeah. And exactly. I think that's mm-hmm. almost to, to the point of what the guy was saying. Like, this is a fairly, or it seems like an original kind of approach. Right. Even the, with the way it cross cuts and the dialogue is like very, very Guy Ritchie. And I was like, I like that if you're going to hire a director like that, he's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. I see exactly one Guy Ritchie movie that I've seen. On this list, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, and I I feel like I would enjoy I, when I was watching the trailer. I was like, I feel like I would appreciate this more if I had any fondness for Guy Ritchie. Yeah, I'm yes. sure. So maybe yeah. maybe before that comes out in 2017, I'll have to sit down and watch Lockstock and Snatch and Rock and Roll and all that stuff. Vaughn yeah. was layer cake. Matthew Vaughn was layer cake. Yeah, yes. that was uh, swept away. Swept away. <laughs> swept away. Yeah. yeah. Get the, get the, good the man from Uncle Sherlock Holmes. You haven't watched shadows. Snatch, really. Man from Uncle is kind of fun. You, I, I heard it was, yeah. and I really wanted to see it. No, I haven't seen Snatch. Oh. Yeah, we gotta watch that. Yep, and Rock and Rolla. Yep, I would love to hear what uh, if Alistair is is listening to this one. How, how I would love to hear their episode about Guy Ritchie. Yeah, well, uh, specifically how they feel about uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Sherlock Holmes. Oh. That would be that's pretty cool, a, too. That's such an English character. Those are two different British topics that I feel like they've been really good about covering. I just want Britain, the podcast, I think. I, <laughs> I think and I think they're, they've got a pretty good corner there, at least from what I'm <laughs> seeing. But anyway, next up, uh, we got some sad news this week. Uh, Gene Wilder passed away. He was 83 years old. Um, and I feel like uh, I had this great respect for Gene Wilder, but I know that I've only really seen basically his Mel Brooks work and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And so I wanted to to sit down and talk about him a little bit. I don't know if you guys have seen more. I know that I've always wanted to watch the stuff he did with Richard Pryor because I always heard really good things about that, like uh, Silver Streak and um, what's the other one here? Uh, uh, see No Evil. evil, see no evil. evil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, let's just go around Willy. How do you feel about Gene Wilder? I like Gene Wilder. I'm in the same boat as you, though. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Wonka and the Mel Brooks stuff. Yeah, it's too bad. It's, you know, it's sad. I don't know. I mean, I, I was always a fan. Um, my 
parents were big fans of Gene Wilder. Yeah. More so than I was. I think maybe it's a generational thing, but I still enjoyed him quite a bit. I think Willy Wonka, obviously, is the one that anybody from kind of in our age range would remember him for. More so even than probably the Mel Brooks stuff. I didn't see the Mel Brooks stuff till a little later. Okay. Um, But Willy Wonka I grew up with, so... No, he's great. I mean, he's... I think what's really great about Gene Wilder is that he's like a crazy good dramatic actor too, but I don't think he ever really got to do anything with it. It's like if you watch Willy Wonka and you look like... Watch it as a piece of acting from him, and he's like, oh, it's, he's it's, the ultimate range of emotions. He's so good; like, I've, he can change on a dime too. Like, I think that's part of my deep respect that I have for him because Willy Wonka is like this. He covers so much ground in that character, mm-hmm. and is so. I don't know. Like, th- that's a character that nobody's going to surpass. They mm-hmm. can remake Willy Wonka forty times, and I don't think they're going to get a Gene Wilder performance ever mm-hmm. again. No, that's a once in a lifetime performance. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, no, he was great, and um, I, I look forward to maybe watching more. You know, more yeah. of his stuff. So, Tim, um, when I was young, my parents had a giant satellite dish, like yeah, huge in the backyard, and they would get like all channels ever. <laughs> <laughs> and what they would do is, and they still have a ton of them. They would just tape everything. <laughs> Off of HBO. Just to make up for your lack of a proper movie theater. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so they would just, and Silver Streak and See No No Evil, Hear No Evil at the time were on constant Mm -hmm. rotation. And um, my dad loved the Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder movies, like loved them. Um, I remember watching them when I was young and I always, I always really liked Gene Wilder. Yeah. So um, that, that that's kind of what I remember. Those two having those two have really good chemistry. Um, and there's a there's a sweetness to him. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that helps with that. And um, those two together are great. Um, yeah, I've seen all the I've seen the Mel Brooks movie. It's just it's so funny thinking about those movies mm-hmm. now because I just I want to sit and watch it with like fifteen year olds. <laughs> I want to sit and watch Blazing Saddles. <laughs> With like 15 to 25 year old. Don't forget the trigger warning. Yeah. <laughs> just like, hey guys. Yeah. So, um, but, but he's just such an inter- integral part of those movies. And a lot of that is his approachability is every man. Yeah. And, um, um, him and, uh, um, Gildan Ratner. Really, mm-hmm. It's a sweet couple. So, um, I like Gene Wilder a lot. Nick. Yeah. Love Gene. Good stuff. Uh, he's, like you guys were mentioning in, in Willy Wonka, that character, I think every kid remembers really, really well because he's probably one of your, if you watch that movie as a kid, he's probably one of your early introductions to a character that spends so much time being so delightful and then he just turns in a second yeah. and he just shows you this other side that's like dark and angry and and uh, scary for a second. And and I remember I every time I watched Willy Wonka, I was always struck by that that scene at the end when he's at the desk and he just flips out. Yep. And it's so scary and it's so sad and suddenly the whole illusion that's been built up the whole movie just crumbles and it's really great. And he I saw a uh, an article online that said Gene Wilder was the king of flipping a shit or <laughs> something like that. Like <laughs> he could he could go from this incredibly charming and 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 sweet and delightful person to just like manic in a second. And it was it was a really perfect way to describe it, and I was like, yeah, that, that does kind of capture that energy that he had. And I've actually probably seen Young Frankenstein more than uh, Willy Wonka, and we used to watch that constantly. And I I have it on Blu-ray somewhere, and I remember thinking as soon as he died, I was like, man, I gotta find that. Yeah, I gotta watch that again. That's such a funny movie. But he uh, 
there was uh, I read two cool things about him. One was that he and Mel Brooks first hit it off because Mel Brooks made fun of the way he looked, which I thought that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was like teasing him and giving him a hard time, and he was like, just thought like that that's fun. Uh, they probably both laughed about it, and then yeah. like found out like oh yeah we're kind of in tune, and um. Uh, somebody else was talking. Oh shoot, who was it? Somebody was talking about the the power of Gene. Why they like Gene Wilder so much, and they were talking about his uh, his unconventional good looks. And I thought that was a really funny way of describing Gene Wilder because I was like, I would never think of him as being like a good looking guy. But then you see certain pictures of him, and you see that smile and like his eye, how the way his eyes are always lit up, and you're just kind of like, yeah, all right, I can see there there is there's something to him, and it's almost kind of like. I read uh, somewhere that John C. Riley was doing uh, a streetcar named Desire on stage for a long time, and he was playing the Marlon Brando character. And they were saying that you know, despite what you might think, John C. Riley was capable of capturing this like this like animal machismo, and he just had, suddenly could exude this like sexuality that you wouldn't think was possible. And the review was like saying like, "Yeah, I'm just as surprised as you are, but John C. Riley can embody this kind of Brando era like man." And then it, I thought that was so funny, and I, so I can see why if you if you can if you can exude that like Gene Wilder can you can you can sort of change someone's perception of you. I mean, I guess that's well, we're just talking about acting at this point, but it's cool that there are actors like that that exist that they can they can play these like oafish characters, they can play these weird frazzled guys, but they can also have this this physicality to them that entices people and makes them want to look you know, look at them further and. Uh, I just always think that for some reason John C. Riley and reminds me in ways of Gene Wilder, and uh, even though they're not really that alike, they they <laughs> kind of possess the same kind of character actor, yet they have leading man abilities. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, because we were just watching The Lobster, and then I was watching or listening to somebody else talk about how John C. Riley started out as this really dramatic actor, and he's really good at it. Like in Magnolia, he's amazing. He's not funny really at all, but then he turned it into this comedy powerhouse that we know of now. And like what Willie was saying with. Uh, Gene Wilder had this ability to be so dramatic, and it would have been nice to see a lot more of that. But yeah, you know, see no evil, hear no evil. You got to see; it's really good. It's All right. super funny. Yeah, I I really want to sit down and watch those. So pour one out for Gene Wilder. Uh, somebody, somebody, I saw somewhere on Twitter, somebody said that Pure Imagination would make a good in memoriam song for the Oscars this year, and they're gonna need like ten minutes for it anyway. So it's been a bad year, but true. Onward. Between um, that and Purple Rain. Well, yeah, both. Same time. <laughs> mash, mash up. Mash up. Skrillex is going to take the two and just... A world of pure Purple Rain. <laughs> Skrillex is going to mash It's going to be so good. <laughs> Dubstep version. Everybody's going to be really uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> All right, so, Willie... It's time for us to play a game that you've wanted to play for a long time. Yeah, we have the technology now. Yes. Um, so, basically, I, I most of the music on my phone um, is from movies. So, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, not score, these are these are actual source, source songs. Some of them written for the movie, some not, so it's a mixed bag. Um, we haven't reviewed necessarily all these movies, but we definitely they've been brought up Touchdown. over the course of nearly 200 episodes. They've been talked about. What Are, are there... Are there there's probably potentially a song that has been in several movies. You know, do you in see us encountering that issue at all? I don't see it. Okay, but we'll see if, if right. we bump into that. We'll figure it out. I think. Okay. Um. Now, how we're gonna do this? I'm just gonna hit shuffle, okay. and one of you guys is gonna raise your hand when you think you got it, 
and I'm going to call on you like a fifth grade class. <laughs> and you're going to tell me what we get's from. And then if you want a couple extra bonus points, you can name who is who the performer is and then also the name of the song. If you can't name those two things, somebody else can grab it and try and name those for some so points too. Are we are we blurting? Or no, you're pointing at us. Yeah, we're raising our hand. Yeah, raise okay. the hand. If okay. I see a hand shoot up, you're getting you're getting called on. All mm-hmm. right, I'm cool. Mr. Gibbs. <laughs> Mr. Gibbs. All right, I wish I could stand up at the whiteboard. Right <laughs> so, um, Mr. Gibbs, your father's name. That's true. <laughs> Good old Bill. Bill. Um, hey, so Bill. yeah, that's that's how it's gonna go. Uh, how long do would we like to play the game? For? We're gonna we're gonna start with ten minutes, and if we're really enjoying ourselves, then we'll just let it go. So basically, what's gonna happen is either we're gonna run out of music. Mm-hmm. Or the 10 minutes is going to be up, and that's when we're done. And yep. whoever has the most points wins. Mm-hmm. Fair? Yep. All right. All right. You guys ready? Let's right. roll. Let's do it. First song. Oh. Alex. Uh, it's from Crazy Heart, The Weary Kind by Ryan Bingham. Beautiful. Three points for <laughs> Alex. Yeah, Alex. Starting off strong. That is, I, I did pick some of these songs specifically for, for you guys. For certain for people. Specific yes. People. So there's going to be a couple easy ones for certain people. <laughs> some of them I just like. So, All right. Here we go. Song number two. <laughs> it's Hint Oh Nick. shit I think I'm wrong Yeah I'm totally wrong I was going to say Wet Hot American Summer Correct uh, Do you know the name of the song or the artist? I know the scene <laughs> No Okay anybody no. else care to try and steal? Oh, I'm gonna, can I guess? Yeah the artist? Go for it. Is, it, uh, is it Jefferson Jefferson Starship? It is not Oh, okay. That's Gene. Yeah, I thought they did multiple songs in no. the movie. Um, anybody else? No. I'll no. Think, is it Toto? It is not Toto. Yeah. No, I have no idea. This is uh, Lover Boys Get Lucky. Ah, yes. Lover Boys uh, a Willie band. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <A> Willie <band. laughs> Alex has got his hand out like he's going to hit a yeah, buzzer right, right now. Hit, hit, hit. All right. Ready? Yeah. Yep. Alex. Roll with the changes. Uh, it's from... Kevin in the Woods. It's Roll with the Changes by REO Speedwagon. Alex cleaning oh, wow. up with six points already. All Woo! right. Alex is going to, he's going to dominate. This might go faster <laughs> than yeah. I anticipated. The guy who always goes, no, I don't like to score very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right. It's from the Warriors. It's in the city and it's by uh, Joe Walsh. Absolutely, Whoa. three points for Tim. Nice. Cleaning up, one nice. of my one of my all time favorites. <laughs> Fantastic, it's a classic. All right, we nearly dodged a remake of that. <laughs> oh, thank God, that sounded so bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, John Singleton, right? Wasn't that who was going to do it? Tony Scott. Oh, it was Tony Scott. Why do you think John Singleton was involved in that? He probably was. He's probably going to pick it up. Now. <laughs> yeah. all, right. all right, ready? Yep. Yeah. Tim was up first. <laughs> it's from um, Friday Six, Friday Thirteenth, Part Six. <laughs> Which, what is the subtitle? Of Jason lives. <laughs> okay. It's for Friday six, starring Mike Epps. <laughs> uh, and it's he's back to the head behind the mask. Alex Cooper. Okay. Alex Cooper. Alex that was really incorrect. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, next, next. Alex next and Friday. Tim are tied at six points each. Nick has oh. one, but he's got plenty of time to catch on up. On the board. All right. Ready? Yep. Let me know when you guys want some hints. Not yet, not yet. No. 
You want some hints? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this one has not been reviewed on the podcast. I'll say that. Okay. Um, it is a 90s fantasy adventure film. A 90s? 90s. I will give you a star when you guys are ready. Like somebody will get it at that point. I, I, I just like listen to it. Stars one of Alex's favorite all-time actors. John Leguizamo. Fantasy movie with John Leguizamo in it? Fantasy adventure. I, I got know. nothing. This isn't from Spawn, is it? It is not. <laughs> no, no, it's Spawn. Super, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Spawn was all like, uh, is it actually? Oh, I didn't uh, raise my hand, though. So That's all right. We're going to call that one a wash. All right. Does anybody know that? No. That would be Roxette. Uh, Almost another uh, really bad. I wish okay. it was from Spawn. I actually like that song quite a bit, but it's like the dumbest choice for a final end credit song for that. I'm like, why did they play the Super Mario? <laughs> and Brothers that was theme? that was like Roxette, like on the tail end. Yeah, like they were Roxette on the dip. fever. They were, were on the dip. Yeah. I think that was the last decent song. Yeah. All right. Ready? You could do a study yeah. on like '90s movies and the end credit songs because sometimes they're real strange. Sometimes they they really walk, make you walk Passen- out feeling great. But, Passenger yeah. Fifty Seven. Ends with like a love ballad. <laughs> I, some of those action movies, I like. Why? <laughs> like Con Air ends with How do I live? <laughs> I think they just fits, wanted to like connect. It's like we got to get Whitney Houston in the press tour. Yeah, for this yeah, movie. yeah. We need yeah. her involved. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> this one takes a second to start up. Alex, oh, uh, I still believe from uh, wow from. The Lost Boys and uh, what's the name of the band? I don't know. Can you let it play a little longer? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know he's right. Yeah. I don't know the name. Anybody of care to steal? God, I don't. So, know I mean, the name who of the band. care to take the the artist involved? God, I'm totally blanking, and it's really embarrassing. I know. Is it? It's not like. The Great Escape or something. Oh, the what? I would go with the artist that actually performs the Lost Boys version. Yeah. Tim Capello. All right. All right. There you go. All I'll right. give it to you. Okay. All right. I was going to say Tim Capello, but I was like... That was not, not the Tim Capello version, no. but that's what I have right. on my phone. So, now right, you guys ready? Yep. Yeah. Hi. Tim. <laughs> Damn it. You know what? I'm wrong. You want to shout something out or now? Because it's it's at the end of the British version of The Office. <laughs> Not what I was I going think. with, but it's I know who the band and I know the song. But do you want to de-raise your hand and let us hear more? Yeah, I like the song. Oh, oh yeah, it's a great song. Even Mendes is a big fan of this song. Yep. It's like a story of love. It's a Napoleon Dynamite. It is not. It's on the soundtrack to Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. Okay. That's not the Maybe one. Maybe it's not in the I movie. I don't think it's in the movie. I know it's on the soundtrack. The one in Rome is in the movie, which is fantastic as well. But mm. I have no idea what this. No. All I needed was another. Anybody have a. I, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it's hints. A, it's, a, it's a 90s film. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is a teen comedy from the 90s. And I'll give you a star here in, I don't know, 10 seconds or so. I can't think of something. <laughs> Oh man! You guys, ready for an actor? Yeah. Yeah. 
Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's Can't Tim. Hardly Wait. It is Can't, Can't Hardly, hardly wait. wait. And it's only you by uh, Yazoo. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. Well done. All right. Uh, once again, we're, we're all tied up here between Tim and Alex. I feel like Nick's, Nick's coming up, though. I feel good about it. All right. You guys ready? <laughs> yep. Damn, Alex. <laughs> uh, that would be from Top Gun. It's the Danger Zone by that guy who wrote all those songs. Whoa. Let me think of his name. That's not going to work. <laughs> I'm going to give you a few more seconds. I just keep wanting to say Jerry Rafferty, but that's not nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's, who's up? Who, throw Can, up a hand. Uh, I'll steal. All right. Kenny Loggins. Oh. Yep. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Unacceptable. I was going to say Kenny Baker. As the judge. <laughs> by Kenny Baker. Kenny, oh, oh my God. I wish I could have seen that. Kenny Baker also passed away, by the way. Yes. I don't know yeah. if you guys mentioned that or not, but very sad. No. All right. Alex. This is from Vacation. It is. National Lampoon's Vacation. It's Holiday Road. Is it by Lindsey Buckingham? It is. Okay. Nice. Wow. Clean I it love up. the way Alex raises his hand. I, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, the, best, the best posture he's ever had. It's like uh, Kung Fu yes. stance. <laughs> he sits straight up. <laughs> All right. You're a great student. Of that. Alex. Oh, God. You went too soon. Yeah, I did go. Well, no. I think I know the song. I just don't remember which it's from. Is it from Friday the 13th Part 5? Okay, what's the full title? Uh, right, the new beginning. Yeah, yeah. All right, is it? Uh, uh, it's by Pseudo Echo. Oh my yep. And it's called. Um, I just have he's back in my head right now. <laughs> can you play a little bit more of it? Sure, but other people can grab it. Grab the song title at this point. Oh, I know the song title. Okay. Can I steal it? I think Go you ahead. should. Yeah. There's a man with no life in his eye. Life in his eyes. There's a man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to call the title a wash. His eyes, right? I know. Yes. Is it just it his, is, eyes? his eyes? His okay. eyes. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. What do you guys think? I, I, I say give them both a point. All right. I like that. <laughs> but I got two. I like that. All right. So yeah, right got, now yeah. we're at all right, Alex is 17. Nick has two and Tim has 10. <laughs> Here we about, go. About what I predicted. <laughs> <laughs> you got the hardest one, though. Mm. I think mm. I know the artist. I might know the movie. Tim? Is it from The Karate Kid? Uh, it is from one of The Karate Kids. Which is it from Kid? Karate Kid Part 2? It is. And it is Inspiration by Peter Cetera. You got the artist correct. You did not get the song title Nine. correct. Does anybody else have a song title? Actually, it sounds exactly like Inspiration, but it's a different song. <laughs> I, and the, is, the, is Inspiration in one of the Karate Kids? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. It is now. Is it in the Jaden Smith? <laughs> yes, it totally is. That would be really good. No, Never Say Never by Justin Bieber is the I theme know, song. I know the chorus. I just don't know what the title would be. Anybody else want to go for it or no? Alright. This is not inspiration. Let it play the chorus because <laughs> he doesn't believe you. It's not inspiration. His <laughs> <laughs> life is about to be shit. Never gonna sing the chorus to inspiration. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like that little box that goes up at the screen on the TV. 
uh, quick before we get to the chorus, my parents met at a <laughs> Chicago concert. Who Peter Sarah sang for? My dad hates Chicago. <laughs> I am the man who will fight. Okay, you're right. It's not inspiration. What? I believe you, you now. Fight for your honor. Is glory, of glory of love. Glory. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. All right. How many more songs do we have? Um, We've hit our ten minutes, but uh, put another five on there. Let's, right. yeah. what, what, let's keep going. You guys are you guys are having fun? fun? Yeah, I'm, I'm having, having a good time. All right, ready? I'm winning. I'm having a great time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna kick in, is it? <laughs> no, this is the trick. No, It's Tim. uh, it's from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Which I can't, can you have this out of your eye? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's, good it's song. Springsteen, and I believe it's called Streets of Philadelphia. Yep. Right? Th- all yeah. three points three for Tim. Three. You know what though? Here's the thing. It, it's a good song. I don't care. No, it that is, it's kind of it sad. It's good. It is. All right, ready? You seemed out of place with the rest. Alex, are TV shows on this? Yeah. This is True Detective season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, far from the lo- far from the lonely road. Far from any road, mm-hmm. and it's the handsome family. It is. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. Didn't see that one coming. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. I knew that was gonna happen. All I don't right. know what movie it's in though. All right. Well, what? It, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I've done that. This game. Is it from a newer movie? Nope. A 90s film. It's from a newer movie trailer, though. It's from the uh, that Adam Sandler, Dave Ugh. Matthews. Whoa, whoa, what? Yeah. Yeah, Dave Matthews is in there. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, that those. 90s, another 90s teen comedy. I know, I know that I know the song in the in the band. I'll tell you one of the stars. All right, Paul Rudd. Oh. What's that? Clueless. Fantastic. Any idea of the artist or song? It's Tenderness, right? Oh, Absolutely. It's the name of the band. No idea. Alex Steele? General Public? Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move along. <laughs> Gentlemen. Tim. From Batman, it's Party Man by Prince. <laughs> three Beautiful. points. Quick three. Well there done. We go. Right. Let's see here. Give me a sec. This is from um, the Final Girls. Mm-hmm. It's Betty Davis Eyes mm-hmm. by is it uh, Kim Carnes? It is well yeah. done. All right, moving on. <laughs> you guys have another podcast that I know about. <laughs> we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like this has been in a lot of movies. Yeah. There's one I'm thinking about in particular. It's, it's from the it's the opening to the Dennis Miller show on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's worth a point. <laughs> Tim gets a point. There you go. Um, but that's not what I'm looking for. So you can name the one I was looking for. It is an 80s film, comedy, teen comedy. I'm really going to a lot of teen comedies. 80s teen comedy. We have not reviewed it on the film. It's one of my favorites though. On the podcast. What did I say? The film. Yeah, we're not a film. We're a podcast. <laughs> Is it The Breakfast Club? It is not The Breakfast Club. That's a good call, though. And I'll give you the star. Val Kilmer. 
Alex? Weird Science? Nope. Weird Science. No. No, it's the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Do we get to guess again? Sure. It's Real Genius. It is Real Genius. It worked. And it's Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Uh, Let's see. Yes, it is. Fantastic. It's not from Heat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be so good. This is kind of fun. Alex. This is from The Hangover Part (laughs) 2. Yep. And it's uh, The Down Easter Alexa by Billy Joel. It is indeed. Next from Highlander. Yep. It's Queen. Yep. <laughs> and it's uh, Masters of the Universe. Princes of the Universe. Yep. Absolutely. Nick, Beautiful. killing it with the Queen. All right. <sighs> Some of these looking I at think now, this I'm is like, the last one. All right. And then we got to move on. one was picked for Nick actually now I told you so you know. well now I feel shitty <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, it I wouldn't feel shitty it's on a radio in the background and dogs just makes me think of you as <laughs> soldier <laughs> <laughs> all right this is a film from the 2000s not the aughts but the 2000s it is a I would say it's a comedy but it's got a lot of dramatic elements to it too And it stars Marky Mark. Is it Boogie Nights? It is Boogie Nights, uh, Tim. I don't know anything else. Anybody know anything else? Oh. All right, that's Magnet and Steel by Walter Egan. Wow. Yes. Good old Walter Egan. Man, I want to keep Egan. playing this game, even though I'm getting throat stung. All right, let's do one more. One more. One more. Okay, I'll pick. I'll pick one here. I feel like you. Uh, I feel like if we do this again in the future, we need to pick a song that's been in like thirty movies, and then we can rapid fire movies. <laughs> to like there are really some songs that have been. Oh yeah, I've been in a lot. All right, Smash Mouth All Star. Go. <laughs> Mystery Man. Shrek. It's a live version, apparently. I don't know why that's on my phone. I don't It's a nineties film. Uh-huh. Go figure. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a comedy. Incy wincy bit of drama, incy wincy bit of romance going on there too. It's called a romantic comedy. That's exactly how they came up with the romantic comedy. That's I love this song. Perfect. I've heard it before. Perfect synth. Beautiful synth. Nick appreciates a good synth. <laughs> yeah, Do we have a star? Sure. Julia Roberts. Tim. Is it Pretty Woman? It is Pretty Woman. And it's King of Wishful Thinking by Go West? Absolutely. Beautiful. Wow. <laughs> All right. I fucking love Go so West. So if, <laughs> if that is indeed the last one, Alex has 
narrowly defeated oh, Tim by one, <laughs> one. You should do one point. more sudden death between these two. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I am starting to run out of songs. Next time we do this, I'm going to have to find another way to <laughs> yeah, pick, a, pick a song from sudden death. My phone is starting to <laughs> Guess what part of the movie it's from. <laughs> the national anthem. All right. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh. Nick? Oh. This is the never ending story. It is. Oh. By Limdahl. Not quite. Oh. I'm close. You know what? It's it was so close. Like I'm giving you a point. I don't even care. I'm giving you a point. What is the name of the song? The song is. I think it's it's the never ending story in parentheses, isn't it? Yep. But it's called. Uh, Oh man! No, you're good. You're totally good. Totally blanking. It's no, it's it's never ending story in parentheses. Mm. And that guy, uh, the Lamal. that singer, Lamal. Lamal. He was Lamal. close. I mean, honestly, he guessed Lamal. He guessed Lamal. that guy's the basis <laughs> for Longshot, by the way. Marvel's yes, Marvel's Longshot. It, it is true. Based on him. Oh, that's such an awesome song. All right, sorry, I interfered at the sudden death. That's no, okay. You're okay. You're I can okay. I can keep my hand down. All right. Oh, are um, we doing another sudden death? I think you two, you should. Another live version. Mm. Tim. Um, it is from Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. It is Queen, and it is Don't Stop Me Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the live version kind of boned you there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. That's all I got. All right. That's it. Tim wins. Beautiful. All right. Tim wins game. this it day. I think it was, it's a tie. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. I, I only like, won because we went to overtime. That Honestly, was a really was, impressive uh, showing for both of you guys. That was Thank well you. fought. Um, Nick got Lamal, so I mean, <laughs> very close <laughs> to Lamal. Nick got Lamal in the Out of American Summer Saga. <laughs> Nick, Nick got some weirdly impressive ones where I was like, oh shit, Nick. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know Billy Joel songs, but damn it, if I don't know my Lamal. <laughs> you know your Lamal. <laughs> you know your basis for long even shot. If, even if I call him by the wrong <laughs> name. And that long shot trivia was oh, so yeah. good. So I'll have to I'll have to it's build un- some sort of playlist somehow. <laughs> I was I was sense. like unsure about the two things that I was unsure about. I didn't know if it was Hangover two or three for Donnie Sterlaxa. It was two. And yeah. I had I I was shooting in the dark with Friday the Thirteenth. It could have been four. It could have been three, four, or five. No, it was a good I call. Was, was that the song that he uh, the Crispin Glover dances to? No, no that's, that's a the right different this song. A, this is the one. <laughs> this girl is dancing in her She's room. She's doing, doing a doing robot like, yeah. dance. Oh, it's yeah. really good. If you guys haven't seen it, look up Pseudo Echo Friday the Thirteenth Part eyes. Five. Yeah, you'll be able to find it on there. It's pretty good. I was very. It's good. Good Willie <laughs> Willie playlist yes, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought I tried to offer up a little bit of everything. So that's the, the, li- the listeners now have a glimpse into Willie's phone. Yeah, that's pretty much all the music out of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying Lamal as we speak <laughs> on iTunes store. Lamal, a lead singer of Kajagugu. I was waiting. I was like, come on, there's going to be a Rocky Four song here somewhere. Uh, I don't have any. I don't have that. I have it on my iPod, which I could very uh, well. Uh, uh, I have good. a lot of other a lot music more to on, go there, on so. there. All right. Yeah. Next oh, time. Oh, boy. Yep. Let us know if you enjoyed Willie's uh, Willie's music game. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, I think us being able to hear them, them being able to hear the music, maybe is is nice, right? Yes. Yeah, better oh. than just hearing us go. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that, at it, some point some listeners gonna they're gonna there's gonna be one that we struggled on and they're gonna be like screaming at us. Yeah, exactly. Know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's basically the only reason I listen to Doug Loves movies is because I do that the whole time. <laughs> but 
<laughs> now for our review of Fetty Alvarez's Don't Breathe, the IMDb synopsis says a group of friends break into a, the house of a wealthy blind man thinking they'll get away with the perfect heist. They're very wrong. This movie stars Stephen Lang, Jane Levy, Dylan Minnette, and Daniel Zavato. And uh, second fi- or second American film. I don't know. Has Fetty done anything else prior to Evil Dead remake? He did some short stuff. Yeah, he did some short. I think they. Did, I think Remy discovered him with like a short film. He okay, yeah. So he did. He did like four shorts. One of them called Panic Attack in 2009, and then Evil Dead in 2013, and now Don't Breathe. Uh, so we talked about Evil Dead a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, please go back to episode whatever. What year was that? That 13? was 2013. Oh, you just said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if wow, you want to hear our really? thoughts on Fetty's first directorial debut, first directorial, not his second directorial debut, <laughs> his first one. Um, yeah, that's episode 22. Wow. Go back. Uh, Alec was on that one with Willie and I, mm-hmm. I believe. Or, I, were you? I think I was there. Yes, you were there too. Uh, Tim was in Indiana at the time. Oh, was I? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't see it until it's on. How's that for a time capsule? Mm, right. Yeah. So, don't breathe. Uh, Nick, what did you think of the film? It was all right. Okay, Tim, what did you think? No. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, most of my thoughts are are uh, for spoilers. I think... Yeah. It's hard to talk about without spoilers. Yeah, it much, is. As we say uh, about every movie. I don't... I don't <laughs> The, the the problem with this with this movie for me is that there's there's really nothing at stake. I don't really I don't really care about any of the characters and mm. the 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 conflict doesn't really matter that much. Uh I saw someone's someone said like it's kind of the whole time I was kind of wondering like well, who cares. And yeah. I was kind of like yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Uh I think I still think Fetty's I think Fetty's a really great visual director and i think i would even say he's a good storyteller like i'm never lost and i understand i'm always along for the ride in terms of like i'm never lost i'm never wondering what's going to happen or, or oh, i mean i wonder what's going to happen but like i'm never confused about anything so he's good at at moving the story along and keeping me watching but i i think the writing is really super duper clunky and i think if the evil dead remake which i did enjoy was not based on the Evil Dead. I probably would not have liked it as much. Mm. It kind of has that carryover love of the franchise, and also the groundwork is kind of laid for him. He's he kind yeah. of has a blueprint of of successful movies past, and he's working with the guy who made it. So mm-hmm. he kind of is in a way like it's almost like training wheels. And I don't want to rob him of any credit because he is he does make it really good. Like an Evil Dead remake could suck, yeah, but he makes it fun to watch. But don't breathe. I think it's a really cool idea, and I think there's a there is a lot of value in it. But it just something in the in the story and the care the characters and and I can I have a specific moment that I will talk about during spoilers to f- f- this specific specific example and then other little ones like it throughout the movie could have ballooned it and made the movie. I, I don't mean like bloated it for runtime, but it just could have made it so much better. Mm. I think uh, I do really like that it takes place in Detroit. I think that's cool. I think it's, you know, unfortunately another one of those movies where even though it takes place in Detroit, it's like the shittiest parts of Detroit. Yeah. I do really want to hear from people outside of this area who see it, what they think of the setting and if it seems realistic or, you know, kind of how how the setting of the movie feels to them. And in terms of the, because in the horror movie, you always have the idea of either A, use your phone and call somebody, B, go get help. You know, that sort of thing is always the thing that you're battling when you're watching horror movies. And I can assure anybody watching this that these these neighborhoods and these areas are very real 
and it's yeah. uh, it is not far fetched at all that this could happen. I mean, some aspects of it, not so much, but uh, that that isolation in the middle of you know a major metropolitan city is is one hundred percent possible and very real. And so that's kind of cool. I think take I'd had no idea that it did, and when I saw that it started in in Detroit, and I was like, oh, that's pretty clever because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of areas like that. They're everywhere. So that's pretty neat. Uh, I still really want to see more from him, though. I do. I didn't leave it going like, yeah, trank him. Get him out of here. <laughs> tr- tr- I, uh, I thought you meant like trank it like a dart. Tranquilizer. <laughs> I, I could do that, too. Uh, no, I, I really want to see more from him. And I think the pairing of him and Raimi could be could be really fruitful. I think that they Raimi probably encourages him in the right ways and brings out the right sides. I just think he needs somebody to help him write a little bit. Yeah. And it, even though he had someone to help him write, I think he yep. needs a new someone to help him write. It just wasn't quite there for me on that on that front. Okay, but it had some originality to it, uh, I will say. But this is coming from the guy who doesn't watch a lot of horror. We'll see what the what the horror. See what Grandmaster knows. Horror <laughs> folk over here have to say. All right, Tim, your uh, thoughts. Grandmaster Horrors. Um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> yeah, you, well, you built that up and I really <laughs> delivered. <laughs> oh, both of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> save me, Willie. I got this. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's eighty-eight minutes long. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Uh, that's why it's the best movie of the summer. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> no. that Ben Hur runtime? Yeah. <laughs> um, in all honesty, though, I, I kind of joke about that, but it works. I mean, if you are making a horror movie and it gets up into those triple digit minutes, like a hundred minutes, then you better be really good at yeah. making making movies. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> you're you're probably stretching it. Um, and this is honestly still probably about five or 10 minutes too long. I thought the third act, it really, I was like, okay, let's end it. Let's, let's wrap it up. And then stuff just keeps happening. Um, it's lost. I came out of this really, really liking it. And then the more I thought about it, I like, and like thought about the plot a little more. I'm like, oh boy. Like, but that's kind of the design of the film anyway. I mean, it is kind of a, you're in the moment. It's a very uh, visceral, conditional mm-hmm. kind of uh, horror. Yep. So uh, Willie and I talked about it a little bit and like we were both talking about it at work and we just kept coming up with things where like I didn't make any sense. That did not yeah. make any sense. And there's a lot of inconsistencies um, with the characters and with the house uh, like and how people act in certain spots of the house and basically how the house it, like the bars are what I'm thinking of. The window mm-hmm. bars. <laughs> there's, there's a point where I, that was like the point where I was like, okay, like I, I'm done judging this as a great movie. <laughs> or like I'm not. I know what I'm expecting now. Okay. Um. So once I kind of, actually, was, I think it may have even been earlier than that. Um. But once I kind of came to grips with the fact that I I wasn't getting, like a classic, and I just kind of went along for the ride. I had fun with it. I think it's I think it's fun. Um. It's there's a twist in it we'll get into i'm not sure how well it works i didn't dislike it it's pretty skeevy um mm-hmm. it's very skeevy the issue i think the movie has is i don't think it earns that twist i, I would talk to you guys after i've been watching a lot of japanese horror and when <laughs> when japanese horror gets into that it's totally like when it gets to that i watched audition this i was weekend. gonna say you just watched audition. i just watched audition and when audition gets into that stuff 
like it gradually builds toward it and it sets you in this universe of like where anything can happen anyway and like everything's kind of gross. Yeah. This doesn't really have that. Nope. Like it just it kinda, just goes from zero to a hundred. Zero to a hundred very quick. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it, it earns it. Um I'm gonna try to sum up my thoughts on the movie without spoiling too much, but with like there's one specific shot that I think sums it up for me. It's the shot I think when we we're first introduced to Stephen Lang's character. And there's a shot of him sleeping in bed. And there's a faded um, cross, like where a cross used to be above his bed. Mm. And it's a wonderful shot. Like it's gorgeous and it's evocative. And I'm like, oh my God, that's everything in that character right now. He took down his cross. And then like they reveal the reasoning behind his lack of faith later on and what his lack of faith makes him do. And I go, that's kind of (laughs) silly. So so that kind of sums up the movie for me because when it's style... It's great. It's amazing. But like the substance of it isn't all there for me. Um, but the style of it is good enough for me to say I liked it. Um, I like I, I like to quote a bit. It's essentially just a it's a haunted house with Stephen Lang running around as a ghost, <laughs> which I'm totally fine with. That sounds kind of great. Yeah. When you put it that way. <laughs> so it, that, that's all it is. It's just an excuse to ratchet up tension and scares and jump scares. And it does a good job with that. Um, there, uh, Willie and I, I don't want to step on Willie too much, but there was a movie we reviewed on here earlier this year. The same kind of idea that green room, green room that yeah. um, is better yep. in oh. every aspect. Yeah. yeah. All right. Willie. Um, I think I built this one too up like far up in my, I got too psyched for it. For it had a reason. lot of buzz. Yeah. It had a lot of buzz and, and um, that was me and I really enjoyed. You were the one buzzing the evil day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I was hyping Willie up. Yeah. Sorry. Get me hype. Um, I really enjoyed the Evil Dead remake, so I, I've liked Fetty's work so far. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I think I just went into this going like, oh, this could be another classic. Because we've been really lucky with horror lately, I feel like. I think this year's been pretty good. It's it's pretty pretty even the good. bad stuff, even the stuff maybe you didn't like, I think is at least interesting. Like, Yeah, yeah, even like The Witch. I didn't like The Witch, yeah. but I can sit here and say like, that is an interesting movie. It had I can understand why people like it. Like, I'm happy for the people who do like it. Um, Green Room. Oh, man. Like, yeah. give it to me. Conjuring two, um, Conjuring yeah. two, yeah, yeah. It's been a cool year for horror, and I was, I guess, I was just hoping that maybe this was going to be like another one up there. It's not quite that point for me. Um, it's actually kind of pretty to look at, despite the fact that it's disgusting. Um, it's really beautiful, just garbage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stephen Lang's fun. Um, I don't know. Tim talked about him a little bit, but Stephen Lang's kind of fun. Like, I like Stephen Lang. I do. Um, I like when he's not playing just the same like drill sergeant guy that he always plays. I mean, technically he's military or ex-military in this, but that doesn't matter. I, I liked him. I thought he gave a cool performance. He has really creepy mannerisms and, and ticks and uh, does things with where you can tell he's like utilizing his other senses, which was cool, but also not used well enough. I didn't think mm-hmm. um, there are moments in this movie. I don't think it's a spoiler where he's, where you feel like he has super senses. And you're like, like mm-hmm. you're like, damn Stephen Lang. Like there's something going on with this guy. I almost thought it was going to go, Maybe into a weird direction there for a second that it may or may not go. But I don't know. He's Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, 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 he doesn't have superpowers. I'm just gonna say that it's not that much of a spoiler. He doesn't have superpowers, but it almost seemed like he was going to for a while. Yeah. And they, they don't. I don't know. Like the kids have a cigarette before they go in. They break into this house to rob it, and he can't smell cigarette smoke on anybody. Like you know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. kind of. That's it's those little like those little details that I think somebody who's paying more attention to the script or paying more attention to the film they're making would notice that and go, wait a second, that yeah. doesn't work. 
or wait a second, shouldn't he be doing this? And there's a lot of that in this movie, and and uh, Tim's window thing that we'll talk about later is another perfect example of that, um, where it's like, God, if they had just given it an extra little bit of thought there, like, I feel like it could have been. I think the concept is fantastic. I love the concept. I wish it was a better movie built around the concept, because the idea of of this this blind guy that's like basically got you he, he's the predator in this in this house you know I, I don't know it just it's so cool um and i think there's some elements of the movie where it, where it, it taps into that that premise that basic premise and it does a lot of cool stuff with it there's moments where they're in the same room as him and maybe there's a you know i, I don't know i don't want to say too it's it's tough you know yeah. there's a moment and it's in all the trailers where he walks by a character and the character has to like huddle up against a wall and it's just it's so creepy because in any other horror movie when the killer or the villain or whatever is coming right at you, that means you run in the other direction. This one, you don't, you know what I mean? He doesn't necessarily yeah. have to. He can be inches away from this guy who can kill him in, in, in an instant. And that's what's so scary is I think it's just the, there's a claustrophobia aspect to that. And I, I, I don't know. So there was some cool stuff, but overall it, it's a movie I don't regret seeing. I, I'm fine with having seen it. Um, I jumped and I had fun mostly for the, I'd say the first up until the last 20 minutes or so the last 20 minutes kind of sucks. But um, I had I had a good time, and I th- I'd say it's worth a rental or a non demand. I, I wouldn't go to the theater to see it again, but I don't regret doing that. So, eh. all right, um, yeah, the movie was all right. It wasn't um, it wasn't my favorite horror movie that I've seen this year. It wasn't my favorite horror movie that's set in Detroit either, and um, it largely building off of what you guys have all said. I think. This is a movie where you could literally nitpick it to death. Mm-hmm. There's so many little bits that if you were to take them all away, the movie falls apart. And I think that um, it's something that would eventually get baked out of the script. if They spent more time working on it in that kind of sense. Uh, and I enjoy seeing logic working in movies. And in a lot of ways, this movie doesn't have much of that to spread around. And in that way, it's disappointing to me. Uh, as Nick said, I think it's beautiful to look at and very visually engaging. Um, I think even from a suspense point of view and, and building up tension, I think it's really, really great at that, at least for the first half of the movie. And then kind of in the second half of the movie, I feel like it starts relying on jump scares more, and I'm never that appreciative of that. Um but I did really enjoy Jane Levy quite a bit. Dylan Minnette was okay. Uh, um, Stephen Lang is always fun to watch. And I th- it's kind of nice to see him not do the thing that he always does, as we as we talked about after the movie, uh, being the military general, although he kind of... He kind of was. Yeah. But, but it, in the, uh, you know, a more vulnerable version of that, right. I guess, you know. Do you think he is the his character from Avatar? Probably. Yeah. yeah, it's a sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he thinks they're this the is that Avatar two yeah. that Cameron's been working on. For <laughs> years. This is Avatar two, but uh, yeah. All in all, I don't have too much more to say, and I think we should just kind of get right into spoilers. So, any other thoughts? No. The cat was staring at me with its mouth open. Yeah, I'm not Des- sure he was going. Desmond's out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry on the prowl. So uh, yeah, we will take a quick break and we'll be right back in spoiler Terry four. Don't breathe. Here we are in spoiler Terry for Don't Breathe. Uh, so Nick, you had a point that you said with the character that really 
yeah busted it apart <laughs> for you let me let me know what that is um i'm curious uh it didn't it's not that it busted it apart well yeah it kind of did so i didn't care i didn't give a shit about any of these characters i was like yeah. they could all die and then the first 20 minutes in the movie be about Stephen lane cleaning them up and i would probably have liked it more. Okay and i would not that i would have liked it more but it just uh, i didn't care i didn't care about any other the only two that have any sort of attempt at depth are jane levy and dylan minette yeah and they're really boring and really really badly done i was like ugh, this is like student film level show poor girl in trailer with mom miming blowjob at her <laughs> and her little daughter and i was kind of like this doesn't i don't care like it doesn't i should care but like how heartless is that <laughs> i don't care but it just didn't it felt it felt really clumsy and the dialogue was all really dopey and just like the you know, you could put characters in, like when I watched, I watched Room. I don't think I've even talked about that. I watched Room a couple months, weeks ago. Maybe yeah. I did talk about it. But I think that, you talked to us about that, it. Those were two characters in a really yeah. bad situation that I cared about. And granted, most of the movie, well, most of the movie is about their, their struggle and their particular situation. But it's done, it's done so well that in the first five minutes, you're like, you're, you, you are immediately in it with these characters and you want to see them fight and get out and, and you want to see their situation improve. And with Jane Levy, I just I was kind of like, ugh, like I, I just I don't really care at all. It all felt clunky and and uh, just not not well done. And her her story, so her interactions with Dylan Minnette, the scene that made me like roll my eyes so hard I almost fell out of my chair was when she tells the story about the ladybug. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew, that was just. I don't want to watch a character tell another character a story like that, and and just, just sitting in a car and like. Just the the way it was written, the way it was shot, it just didn't work at all for me. And I, I would have much rather. <clears throat> I, I don't understand the relationship between these three characters, and I still don't. The movie's over, and I've been sitting on it for four days in my head, and I still don't understand exactly what was going on between the three of them. Or I can't even begin to surmise like how they met or how they got their little thing set up. And maybe that's okay for some movies to just say like, here are these characters, just just go with it. Yeah. But because they try to make me so invested in in Jane Levy in particular in her survival and Dylan Minnette's to an extent, I think they should probably pick one or the other, either get, get to the, get to the kills and the thrills or, or make this a little deeper. And so I would rather see that. And I don't, I don't want to get on that whole like show don't tell thing, but seeing, seeing Dylan Minnette say like, Oh, what's that? What's that tattoo of? And then us seeing the story kind of play out yeah. and her just be like, oh, I just like ladybugs or something like that. And, and kind of keeping that part of herself guarded from him, I would have, I would have connected more with that because I would have been like, this is trauma. And this is something that is, is apparently core to who you are and why you want to get out of the town you're in. And so for her to just, you know, if he doesn't already know this kind of stuff about her past, for her to just be in the car and be like, yeah, and then tell this awful story to him, just it feels stupid. And I'm like, no one would do that. No one would yeah. just spill their guts with such a horrible thing unless... You either want attention really badly, in which case I don't really sympathize that much, and <laughs> and then, or you know each other really well and you're willing to to tell this, but she, they they don't feel that close. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing rang like a really cheap attempt to make me like this character. And then Dylan Minnette's just like, oh, I got my dad here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like my yeah, dad, I, who I'm completely screwing over yeah. by using his security company ties exactly. to get into houses yeah and all these characters like i want to go to i want to move to california we need that last big score and i'm like man just get a job at subway for a few months <laughs> right and then move to california like you don't need to do this incredibly and and i do i do like the little that they try to do him and that kind of tries to keep the risk down he's like, let's keep it below 10k and let's we can't and he knows the rules of like 
breaking and entering apparently and, yeah. and that was kind of fun i was like i like when he's like whoa we can't have the gun because now he legally is he's allowed to shoot us and we can't have any recourse and i thought that was kind of funny but i was i was kind of like yeah it just it was a, it was a weird i, I kind of wanted something bigger yeah. for them to to be robbing places like this but i don't know it just that all just was kind of this jumble of yarn that didn't really it didn't really buy it it wasn't clean and i kind of the whole time was wondering like what was up with these kids yeah so just move north to Ferndale like everybody else <laughs> you'll be fine tim <laughs> uh you had a comment about the bars and the windows oh, no, it's just there are that's that's what bothered me the most because i mean at least with the jane livy character they they made an attempt so it was it wasn't the most graceful. The Dylan Manette character though, I didn't understand at all what was going on with him. Like I did not understand. He was he was the kid who's like not necessarily doesn't wouldn't normally hang with a girl like her or the other guy. Right. But like I feel like he wants to kind of get in her pants and he's willing to be a complete utter yeah. moron to do it. Yeah. I think that's what's going Maybe on. Maybe I just didn't buy him in the role. No. Like I don't buy him as ha- like when I see Dylan Manette, I'm like, oh, he's not hanging out with that dude. No. Never. I like yeah. the actor. I just you're right. right. He's not. He yeah. just feels out of place. Um, he was better he, than Goosebumps. He needs to be. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like he needs to be. <laughs> he, was, in, he was quite good in Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, what a delight. Chris Burns too, please. <laughs> he needs to be in like a She's All That too, or something like that. That's where he is right now in his life to me. But, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> what, a, what a judge of his life. Not even know. his career. <laughs> his life. Life coach, Alex. You're making poor life decisions, Dylan Minnette. Dylan Minnette, let yeah. me be your representation. <laughs> Get on that She's All That sequel that everybody's <laughs> clamoring for. Yeah. Ben Hur 3. <laughs> ben anyway. Herter. Uh, so he could be in the 2017 Ben Hur that we make. Sure. Let's call him up. He's been to Detroit. Did they shoot this in Detroit? Yeah, they shot it in Detroit and in Hungary. Oh, really? Apparently, the interiors were shot in a studio in Hungary. Uh, It's probably cheap. It's probably really cheap, but it just seems, I feel like the plane ticket costs more than the production. Yeah. I thought he did a good job with Detroit. Yeah. Shooting Detroit. Yeah. I I think so, too. But part of me, like, I said that this was my second favorite, or not, not my favorite horror movie in Detroit. I feel like It Follows does a good job of using Detroit as a backdrop and not making it part of the horror. See, but it follows as the burbs. This is the Detroit. Where most of these kids are from. Is the like. city. Mm-hmm. That's fine you and know, all, but I, I, I still think that, uh, and, you know, as Nick said, it's not like there's any falsehood in what they're showing. Because no, those, no. those, those places do exist. But as, as, you know, a Detroiter, I feel as though it may not have been necessary for, like, I It'd be nice to see maybe the fact that there are places you can walk around in the city that yes. aren't. Yeah, I got. And then when they show the shot of her in the train station, I'm like, where the fuck? Yeah, I did not understand that. Uh, like, where? What where train where? station are you at? <laughs> also hungry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the windows. Yes. Yeah. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. This was what um, drove me. This is what actually really drove me nuts was the the inconsistencies of how people operated at certain points in the movie because they seemed to just kind of operate operate the way the script wanted them to at times. Um, Stephen Lang, that shot actually bothered me the one where he walks by the guy because I'm like, how does he not notice How does he not know? He can can sense like everybody's shoes apparently, (laughs) but he can't, he walks by like a guy right there Yeah, and he can't feel any sort of presence. Like, how is he going to, he's not going to live. The depth of his ability to hear and sense things is very wishy-washy in the movie. Then is he immune to gas? Apparently. What gas did they make? Well, he, yeah. 
what in the world <laughs> that, did you put in that bottle that's gonna like i believe that was the point where i'm like okay no, no okay, yeah i see what i'm getting now because it, i was and just that was like, like right away i was like did they make a he put vinegar and baking soda in a bottle and then like popped a hole in it what are you doing i mean i guess it's, you're gonna put a bunch of foam all over his rug it's like, possible he has a gas mask like somewhere Around that's possible on. too, but, but we never see it. But you know, again. like it, I to me is just oh, like. Can you imagine if he wore the gas mask the entire time? Like that was his thing. I'm gonna choose to believe <laughs> that the gas didn't work on him because the kids made some stupid gas that wouldn't do right. anything to somebody. But yeah. it's it just that was such a weird. But anyway, the windows, window. <laughs> there is a shot. Um, he runs upstairs. Dylan Minette, goosebumps. He runs upstairs <laughs> away from. Hi, I'm Dylan Minette. From, uh, uh, away from, away from the kind of threatening dog. Yeah, the mostly cute, cute dog. Adorable, yeah, adorable, <laughs> adorable really like that dog. I did. I thought he was adorable. He just hangs out in the hallway mostly. <laughs> yeah. So he runs away. He runs up the stairs, and they cut to a shot of the windows with bars on them, right? Yeah. Like steel bars, and then. Uh, the dog apparently hits him so hard that he knocks him through these steel bars, right? Oh. Like that he knocks him out the window onto Every, the glass. Whoops. <laughs> Every window in in that house, the, the exception of one. They make a point to say that one well, doesn't no, have bars. I don't well he boards up the window. The, the one, one that doesn't have bars. The one that doesn't yeah. have bars. He goes and boards up. So they, so they I cover guess that's that the thing. I don't remember how he gets out of the house, but then he crashes into a skylight. No, he crashes out of a window. He crashes that's out the of the window. Yeah. And, and, I, and that, like, I was so confused for like the next 10 minutes of the movie. Like, they cut to a shot like minutes before of the windows with steel bars on them. Do they expect me to believe that this dog pushed him with that much force? This dog who barely looks like he this could knock you fat, over. Fat, lazy yeah. dog. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, and I, that's and I just kind of I couldn't pay attention. I'm like that's bothering me yeah. so much right now, and but then it knocked him on the glass part was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah it was kind of cool looking. I really I do want to make mention of I really I did not expect to I didn't know how I felt about it at first, but I really really liked the scene in the basement where they were. Uh, it was kind of like night vision. It was like black and white. Yeah, so I, I wanted that was, to talk about mm-hmm. that. I didn't know what I was going to think about it because it's one of those things where the movie reminds you you're watching a movie. Yeah, I like that sometimes. I feel like they had two ways to go with it. Mm-hmm. They could either try and put you in the situation of the characters, yeah, and make it all dark, and but that's gonna be really hard. Mm-hmm. You gotta be a master in order to make it intelligible or mean anything, or make it worthwhile for somebody to watch. Or you go this route, which I appreciated, where they use it to build tension in mm-hmm. a way. There's some jump scariness to it. But the idea of the part where Willie's wife grabbed my arm because she was already <laughs> holding on to Willie really hard with the other one, where she is heading straight for Stephen Lang and is about to knock right into him because she has no idea that he's right in front of her. Mm-hmm. I found that tension building to be very interesting and cool. Mm-hmm. But it, it, as you said, it it took me out of the movie as soon as I realized, oh, this is, we're seeing night vision now. This is not. They're very clearly calling attention to the fact that it's a movie. Right. As you said. And I guess maybe if it was a more immersive, like, realistic experience, I would hate it. But since it, yeah. was, since it was kind of... You're kind of since we were half, half anyway. Since we were halfway through. Have we gotten to the twist yet at that point? No. Okay. We we had seen the girl in the basement. I know. Right? Yes. No, we got yes. to the twist. Yeah, we, we had seen the twist at that we had point. Seen the girl, we had seen her. that he had erected some sort of pillow encasing, like pillow <laughs> house downstairs. How did he pull that off? I don't know. 
I don't know. It was very meticulous. It really they was. They were all lined up very square. From different couches. If it seemed. was a blind blind guy, I feel like they'd be like all over the place. <laughs> like just <laughs> <at> different angles. <laughs> so we'd already seen that. So that's why that's why I guess I didn't have too much problem with the night vision scene. <laughs> whatever. He's he's rigged up this elaborate yeah. kidnap room. And then he... Yeah. Will he go next? Despite the fact that guns are significantly scarier in real life than, like, a knife or, like, anything that a slasher would use, in the movies, like, give me a knife or, like, a pickaxe or a hatchet or any of those things, like, any day over. Like, this guy's just running around in the house with a gun shooting at people. Yeah, a blind guy with a gun. <laughs> it's boring. Like, like I, I, the, first co- the, first, the first time when he kills the, the one kid, fine. Okay, like, oh, shit. Like, he's... He, but, like, he basically runs around, like, the entire movie just going, pow, pow, pow. And, like, looking around, like, did I get him? Yeah. I'm like, that's not threatening or scary to me. Um, Plus, to me, I feel like it's believable. Like, I, I was reading some reviews where people were talking about how it's insane that these kids couldn't just find a baseball bat and whack him in the head and take him out. But I kind of disagreed in the sense that I was like, okay, we know he's got a military background. I feel like if he gets you hand to hand, you could be taken And we out. see that. You we, would think. And, yeah. <laughs> And and I feel so I feel like he would have been much more of an intimidating force had he had like a machete or some kind of blade or something that he could get in close with rather than just firing a gun randomly. And, and normally I'd say, okay, well they're going for the realism. And in, in, in reality, this guy just used a gun because it makes more sense. You know what I mean? But this movie clearly lets go of all reality after a while. I mean, it gets absurd after a while. So just have him run around with an scene axe where or he something. Beats the hell out of Jane Levy. And then, like two seconds later, she's like, like ah, she's yeah. like fine. No, let's talk about the she's she's a miracle, like of a human <laughs> being. And then also he is because we got the gas, we've got super senses when he needs them, and then we've got magical. I can take handcuffs off inexplicably. I have handcuffs off yeah. now. Like, was he keeping the keys like clenched between his butt cheeks? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, it's just all like like why even bother having the characters handcuff the guy. If you're just going to have him get out of the handcuffs two seconds later, have him knock him out. That I can believe. Okay, he, he, they didn't, he's, he's knocked out. He's up now. But, like, that, that was dumb. Like, it's like they wrote themselves to, like, corners they didn't need to. I'm like, oh, what's the point? Yeah, they, get, about, oh, sorry, go they ahead. just get him to a point where they can make him appear wherever they want him to. And that's what messes up the senses for me. That's what messes up the ideas that they ever get to a point where they can try to get away. Like, it never really works that well, Mm-mm. in my opinion. Let's talk about but. the hot plate. <laughs> and yeah, you all know what I'm talking now about. Now you're bringing it back to the positive. <laughs> so at, well, at, at a certain point in this movie, we learned that um, I thought they were going to go with the generic, um, oh, she's my daughter now thing. Like the, she was keeping this, he was giving this yeah. woman captive. He's like, okay, she's my daughter. They went a little different with that. And I, I do appreciate that. I didn't mind the idea that he was going to impregnate this woman so you could have a, a new kid. That's creepy. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of like, he's got like a sex dungeon down there. But then he like pulls out a hot plate and then pulls out frozen semen and then heats up the semen and then puts it in a turkey baster and then like rips Jane Levy's panties down and then like it's too much. Like they even have like a slow-mo shot of a, like a thread, like a dripping thread of semen coming yeah. out of the tip of the turkey coming. baster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> coming out of the tip and of the... using scissors to open her her jeans yeah it's also gross that was it's uh, really it's pretty like, intense. i mean it's funny I like i laughed like well the payoff is i the payoff is really funny yeah Jane that's, Levy shoving, that's the exclamation point yeah shoving the yeah shoving the turkey baster full of cum into steven <laughs> down his throat like all the way in and then him spitting it out oh it's so gross like 
it's just and it's just one of those things too where like that moment like i guffawed like i laughed so hard in the theater but you should the thing is like we had just learned steven leg is some sort of sex maniac like 10 minutes before this happened like for for that part to work as well as it could like he needs to be gross and skeevy the entire time mm-hmm. and you fi- that yeah. has to be the catharsis you have to just have that release yeah, of him. like yes yeah. finally he's been stabbed with his own semen <laughs> <laughs> but as it is you're just laughing because you're like all yeah. right this is taking a turn yeah and that's the thing is like it's i feel like I I feel like we don't really know exactly what kind of filmmaker Fetty is yet. We know he's got a really pretty visual. Like he 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 makes pretty pictures. Yes. Okay. And he's obviously he leans towards the horror genre, or is being forced to lean towards the horror genre, or whatever. The thing is, I feel like he couldn't quite let go of his Evil Dead tendencies for this. Once it got to the third act, I feel like he like he's like, let's go nuts, let's go balls to the well, wall. That could have been producer Sam Raimi as well. It could. I don't. Bit, I uh, see. I don't know. I was. I mean, he's done other things that show that he has that restraint and knows when. I feel like Sam is generally pretty hands off with movies with the Ghost House stuff because there's a lot of different stuff that Ghost then House. Ra- yeah, and well, Raimi never really gets that. Raimi made Raimi yeah. made the gift, which is not in yeah. any way, shape, or form like you know what I'm saying. Like it's subdued. It, it, yeah, it's, it's subdued, and he never really gets that um, mean. I guess is the word I'm looking for. No, it's always over the top and in a way where you're laughing because yeah. the, the monsters are being killed, not necessarily because, like... He, he's better at balancing tone throughout his movies, where this yeah. one does not balance the tone at all. So it could be, like it could trash be Sam, and, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is it could Sam. Be, yeah. Maybe he's crazy. But but the thing is, I feel like whoever couldn't let go of that tendency to go to full gross out, and I'm all for that. Like, I love schlock. I'm, I'm all for it. But this movie should have either been, like sh- like, schlock all the way through, or it should have been, like straight all the way through for me yeah. i don't like i don't mind having horror comedies but be a horror comedy like i'm laughing at your movie because it's gotten totally off the rails and i and i think it's stupid now you know i, I don't know i'm laughing at it not with it that's the problem so i don't know the last thing uh steven lang uh mind what, what's that one guy mind bender or whatever chris angel mind freak steven lang mind freak <laughs> is somehow he's magically able to <laughs> like survive the fall at the end down at the basement after being shot, right? Doesn't he get shot? I don't think he gets shot. Or does he get stabbed? I don't know. He gets hurt and he falls down on the thing and he's like Ugh. He does get shot. He lands on the gun. The yeah. gun goes off and shoots him. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's like he looks very dead. I can forgive the fact that he's still alive, right? But not only is he alive, these kids have already been like, oh, these kids were robbing. Like, like they already know like the identities of the kids that were robbing him. He's already going to be out tomorrow, out of the hospital tomorrow, and no one questioned any of the shit in the basement. Like, the cops didn't walk in the basement. Like, they didn't go down there and, like, take a look and go, why does he have these mattresses and a sex swing? Like, they didn't open the box and go, there's a woman's corpse in here. Like, none of this makes sense. Like, all well, logic it is It gone. wasn't like a box. It was a floor panel that I don't, like... Oh, he was okay. That's fine. So, uh, but there's but still a sex swing. There's like a pillow, a fort. creepy pillow for it. <laughs> like clearly, there's some more shit going on. Like plate. they they wouldn't let him go, even if, even if he was by semen or turkey baster. Yeah, the hot plate semen. It was still sitting on the hot plate. It was still heating up. It was probably bubbling by the time they got in. There. If you got a hot plate, and you don't live in a dorm. Like I think. Yeah, like the man has a working stove upstairs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's automatic cost Something's for investigation. Going on. <laughs> so the thing is, I don't know. Andy's got like a vicious dog running around all over the place. I don't know. The, and Dylan Minette's body on by the front door. There's so right. much <laughs> stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. Didn't that not get addressed? So he's defending just, his domain. 
I just feel like oh they did they did say that yeah well they said that on the news none yeah. of this makes any sense like like th- at this point like all logic is gone well like, more so than that it doesn't matter yeah it, it doesn't, doesn't matter because doesn't. she sees it on the news and then she goes and catches her train it's like they wanted like, to go for that classic Halloween ending of like, right the body's gone but it. Like you said, it, in terms of the plot, it doesn't matter. She's gone. What is he going to do? Hunt it, her down? He if it had care. ended with her turning around and going back, like to like try to kill him or to like finish the job, then I would have been more like, "Oh, now it matters." Right. But it just didn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, uh, unless if that is what's happening, it is not explained. She just we just see her walk away with her. Dog. Even if she's like, leaving. even if she would have like walked up to a phone, I wouldn't have liked it. But if she would have like called in a tip in the end to be like, "You need to check check under the check, floor. The, check under the floor for." Well, did she have the money? Did she get the money? I think she did. Maybe maybe it's going yeah, back to what did. Dylan Minette said about how he's buying our silence mm-hmm. like sort of thing. So maybe that's why she has she to just walk leaves away. It. But yeah. uh, then what's the point of the news broadcast? Yeah, you know that's, what I'm saying? that's what like, I mean. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, well, doesn't it's, matter. A, yeah. it's just more shit we don't need. You'd be better movie. off just ending it. With her running, her, her walking down the street, and then not bothering with any follow up, like because who cares? It, it should have. <laughs> it would have been really cool actually if he'd ended it the same way he ended Evil Dead. Weirdly, like having her covered in blood just walking down the road. Right. That's the way Evil Dead ends. That would have been kind of neat. Like, okay, yeah. his movies apparently all end with Jane Levy wandering and covered in blood. Like that would have been cool. Yeah. Didn't happen. Or with the cops showing up and like he's gone, like his body's not mm-hmm. in the basement, and then being like, well, what happened? Where's this? And then we'd be laughing even more because there's a there's a blind shot, Stephen Lang. <laughs> Roaming Detroit Roaming somewhere. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I don't get like that's better. Been I better. guess that would have been it would have been interesting to like follow the police into the house and like that was oh that's all right and see them discover these things and be like well, what the hell's going on and right. then he's not there. That, that was the one thing we all I want everybody outside of Detroit to know this as we all said after the movie we were like those cops would never show up to that neighborhood it's that le- quickly. It's, it's the least realistic part of the movie <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, I love how like like a thousand guns have gone off by the end of this like by the end of the movie. And no, no nobody, one's blinked. Nobody questioned. And that. then, like the alarm goes off for ten seconds, and here they come. The whole, the yeah. whole of Detroit PD, like they're all there. It's so dumb. And so honestly, they could have just walked in this house, shot Stephen Lang, shot the dog, grabbed the the safe, and walked out and been and fine. Would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. That's the. I mean, uh, and more back to like the initial logic of the movie. It's like how many houses have they done this to, and when is somebody going to connect the dots that it's all from one security company? Everybody's dumb in this movie. It, it's yeah. so like I just don't the, know. yeah. People are kind. That's of, the dumbness of the characters they bother me because people are kind of dumb. Yeah, that's true. But it's just that there's <laughs> such a lack of logic the whole way through. And I guess just, yeah, that's the thing is when we talk like when, when I was in the moment watching the movie, like it would I would see the lack of logic, like it would bother me. But I would just move on to the next yeah. thing. But now that we talk about it, like oh boy, maybe this was really bad. Um, it wasn't bad. That, I don't think that's fair. I think it's well made. Yeah. I think it's it's. I think it's, it's well shot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think it's uh, the performances are good, even if the characters kind of suck. I mean, I felt like they were they were in danger most of the time, even if I didn't like them, which is fine. I don't think it was bad. Yeah, that's, there's some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I felt as though the third act of this movie in Shades happens a little better in The Gift. Yeah. Sam Raimi's the gift. No, the Joel Edgerton. Uh, Joel Edgerton's the gift. Ah, uh. and that whole predicament, and that left me like more horrified and more. It, it made me think about that movie a lot more and how not okay I was with it. Whereas <laughs> this one, I think, as Tim said, you get the release of the yeah. turkey baster in his mouth, and then you're just kind of like, you don't care. Joel Edgerton. Yeah. 
does J horror better than Joel Edgerton's Ringu. This feels more like Italian Ooh. horror to me. This yeah. movie than than J horror. Okay. Personally, I don't. Know. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, well, well towards the end, not not maybe not towards like, like towards the end. I the, I'm like this is so schlocky and yeah. crazy. Like the only other thing I wanted to comment on was um something I I wanted to call Chekhov's playlist. Which was the first shot entering the house? That's like, here's the hammer. Oh, I, get, I bet we'll come back to that. Here's the door with the lock on it. Oh, I bet we'll come. Oh, here's a place in the closet that we probably are going to visit again. And I was just kind of like, man, I don't want to. I like that. I really like that. I like it too. Because <laughs> my thing is, I, I like it leaves you. It leaves you going, oh, this movie's going to get nuts. Like, like because you know, yes, you know, all that stuff's going to be touched back upon. But you wonder how, the whole time you're going, yep. where is that going to come? Well, in? and see, I was doing that already with the he's dragging her through the streets as the first shot of the movie. I didn't like and that. I was like, by the I, way, I was like, I didn't. I the I whole also, time I'm like, all right, so she's going to make it out of this. She's going to make it out. Yeah, of I didn't all like right, that. when is she? When are we going to get to the point where he's doing that? Like it. I I do appreciate though, like a director. Um, setting up the geography of the location yes. that he's going especially to especially in a movie where, where it matters because there have yeah. there have been movies even good movies um, where they don't do a good job of that and this one I appreciated that because when I connect the dots when I'm in the moment like in the movie and I'm like oh, okay I know where they are right and now and I like mm-hmm. I appreciate doing the geography it's something that Joss Whedon did in Serenity it's mm-hmm. something that Dan Trachtenberg does in Ten Cloverfield Lane over a few different scenes but I feel like I would. I don't like the idea that he's calling off that these are important items that we're going to, I don't know. It just didn't play right to me. It it, it was very, I don't like being, that's using movie language. Not like, it's kind of like a foreshadowing kind of technique, I guess, but I feel like it's not very subtle at all. And in that case, like, it just means that I'm trying to connect those dots the whole way through. I'm like, all right, well now clearly the hammer is going to come into play. Like I don't, it's the same reason. Do you I find don't. yourself being distracted by like, absolutely. Okay. See, and I don't think it, about it removes me I from, I, I cannot put myself in that ride and just let it all happen. I, I need to be, you know, thinking about that stuff. But I, I do agree with you on the opening shot of her being dragged though. Cause I remember the, the, because the thing is, like, for a while there, I honestly didn't feel like I knew if she was the lead or if Dylan Minnette was the lead. Yeah. And I, so I was like, one of these two is canon, is technically, like, is, is up for grabs. But which one? Yeah. And then, I, but I, I kind of figured it was her after a while because I'm like, okay, well, that's right. She was dragged. So, I'll, like, her in the heat vent with the dog doesn't matter. You know, yep. like, all that. So it takes me out of that. If they had just, oh, if they wanted to establish the the look of the house and the block and all that, where we're going to spend most of the movie, have him dragging the woman that hit his daughter down the road. That's I actually thought it might have been her because partway through the movie, I was wondering, I was like, did we get a really good look at that girl? And I couldn't remember. It was Jane Lee. You could, you could yeah. tell yeah, she yeah, was Yeah, because yeah, okay, yeah, they show it later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. The Chekhov's playlist thing, I, I really liked and I'm just, uh, I think, I think it's really cool because he knows the house inside and out. He knows every, every beat of that house, every single little tick, every sound, wherever it originates from. He, he kn- probably knows what his house looks like better than we know what our places look like. Right. He knows He knows his way around every inch of that place. And I think that going through and signifying to the audience all these little things that those characters aren't noticing, I think is really cool. Because I remember thinking, like, here is this giant live-action version of Mousetrap. Like, we're seeing all <laughs> these little tiny details that they aren't going to pay attention to. But now that... W- and we would not pay attention to, but because our attention has been called to each of them... We, we now know we know where the danger lies and they don't. And I think that's really cool. 
it's almost like reverse Home Alone kind of. Like in Home Alone, we see him lay all the booby traps, and then you can't wait to see the payoff of those. It's so yeah. much more rewarding than just them coming into the house and you being blind without a roadmap of what's going to happen. I think if if that shot hadn't been through this movie, I would have... They Because it's all up front for the most part, at least, not nothing in the basement, but... They they you're not they're not able to just whip out like a and then he goes and grabs a gun under his bed for this scene. Like it feels like because it's all somewhat established, all that stuff, they can't just suddenly be like, Oh, here's conveniently this or there's a little bell that tells him when she moves or that kind of thing. Like I don't know, just keeping it up front made me more at ease with, with accepting what this man was gonna be able to do because I had already seen it. Other than them just being like That's that's fair. I mean it I don't know. I think there's probably got to be a better way for me to kind of vocalize what I'm thinking with it, but it, um, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, any other final thoughts? No. It beat, uh, dethroned suicide squad. Mm. Finally defeated. What else came out this week? I don't know. That's okay. You don't have to look it up. <laughs> um, Suicide Squad, or no, it made, I think, 30-something million dollars. Yeah, this did pretty which well. Which yeah. pretty, pretty good for um, for a horror movie in, in August, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand. It is good, yeah. I, I like I like him, too. I would like to see more. I would like to see his him get a hand, his hands on a better script. Yeah, and it, it would yeah, it'd be interesting to see him work on something that he's not scripting himself. Uh, did he script Evil Dead? I thought Diablo Cody. Maybe she did the original draft. Yeah. Let me take. She worked look. on it at some. I point. think her draft was more focused on. I'm trying to remember the new stories around that time, but she focused a lot of, more on the addiction side of it because that was the whole reason they took her to the cabin, right? He did a screenplay with his partner on Evil Dead, okay. and then uh, Sam Raimi's the only other person with a writing credit on IMDb. Okay, but, um, I could be wrong then. Yeah, so uh, Hands of Stone and Mechanic Resurrection were the other two. So it was a boxing movie with Edgar oh. Ramirez and then Jason Statham. Mechanic Resurrection, sorry, Tommy Lee Jones? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the 20. How'd that do? Uh, I don't think it did that well. I don't think so either. But anyway, feedback <laughs> at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show and things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. MidwestFilmNerds.com has all previous 193 plus bonus episodes with full show notes, so you can go and skip over the spoilerary and other things that you don't want to hear. Um, there's also a support store where you can buy Midwest Game Nerds and Film Nerds apparel and, uh, and also donate to our network if you would like to do that, and we would be greatly appreciative. Uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Go there and shop, and part of the money that you spend will come to us so we can make our show and network even better. Next week... I don't want to commit to it 100%, but I can say that probably at least Tim and I are going to go see Yoga Hosers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I know Nick wants to see Hell or High Water. Nikki's going to see Yoga Hosers. Nikki's coming with Tim and I to see Yoga Hosers. (laughs) Willie's going to go see something else. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'll probably stay home. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we'll see how next week, uh, how the chips fall for next week. But uh, other than that, Kyle X Y, go watch a movie.